This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey ends 2023 with a whimper away at Exeter City. Frustration for Portsmouth. They've been held and it is not a happy Christmas for Pompey. They'll end it with 50 points, top of the table, but they are on their longest winless run of the league season. It's two more points dropped against a side struggling near the bottom of the table. Opportunities squandered, costing the Blues again in a match they ultimately once again looked flat in. That's now just two points taken from the last three league matches as John Messino's side make it four without victory in all competitions. We'll hear from the gaffer this evening, assessing what went wrong for his side on Friday night. You can't afford to waste the half and hope that something happens in the second half. So I thought we, we played pretty well in the second half with the team in the ascendancy. We had um, you know a few chances um, on another day that we, we put in the back of the net. To come on this, the final show of the year, plenty of reaction to the goalless draw at St James's Park, as well as toward the end, a look ahead to tomorrow's clash with Stevenage. We'll discuss whether or not we think Pompey will start 2024 with a bang and get back to winning ways. Between now and seven, we'll also hear from Carl Padden, part of Tonic Music for Mental Health. Their new programme, Never Mind the Stigma, launches in January with the help of Portsmouth Football Club. The game tomorrow dedicated to raising awareness for mental health in football. We're going to have stuff in the programme. We're going to have our stall in the concourse in the Fratton We're going to have posters of our support groups in every toilet. Chief Executive Andy Cullen has also been discussing the last 12 months as well as his hopes and expectations for the new year. It's got to be promotion. You know, we've got to do our best. We're in a really good position, whether it be automatic or via the playoffs. Uh, I think we're absolutely thrilled with the way this season has started, but there's much to do. That's all to come here as we bring an end to 2023. Good evening and thank you for joining us on New Year's Eve for another edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yeah, good evening. Welcome along tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you as ever by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app now. Or for more information, head to stagecoachbus.com. Well, a very good evening. It's New Year's Eve. Welcome to the final episode of the Football Hour in 2023. I hope you're all well. I hope you're all enjoying your evening so far. And between now and 7 o'clock, you've got myself, Jake Smith, alongside two more Blues fans to review all of the action from Friday night's goalless draw between Pompey and Exeter City. Later on, we're going to hear from Carl Padden from Tonic Music for Mental Health. And we'll also preview tomorrow's game against Stevenage at Fratton Park. All of that to come between now and 7 o'clock. And we also welcome you back home to get in touch with the 
show this evening. Let us know all of your thoughts on Friday's game, your score prediction for the New Year's Day clash with the Borough, as well as your opinions on who you think John Bassini and Richard Hughes should recruit during this January transfer window. Cassini Yengi is off to the Asia Cup with Australia and unlikely to be back within the squad until potentially the middle of February. Could a new striker be coming to Fratton Park before the close of the transfer window? It opens tomorrow. Get in touch with the show between now and 7 o'clock. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. It's at expressfm if you'd like to get in touch via Twitter or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Back to Friday night then. Pompey took on Exeter City at St James's Park where last season two sides met at the same venue on Boxing Day. A goalless draw was played out between the two teams in 2022. Unfortunately, the same happened in 2023. This time it wasn't Boxing Day. Three days later, the 29th of December 2023, the last game of the calendar year, the Blues took on the Grecians at St James's Park and commentary of this one was led by Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Here we go then, Spread FM and Pompey's iFollow audio and video channels. Great to have you with us. Rafferty back to Pack. Now a chance to cross it in. Lovely whipple from Pack. Bishop's head wide! Well, I can't believe that. Oh, Robertson's given the ball away outside the penalty area, and there's a real chance for Exeter, and Norris saves from Fox. Best chance of the game. And Exeter have got it, and they've got numbers forward here, and Niskanen's played ranking, and he's in the penalty area, and he steps, chops back inside, shoots, blocked, still there for Exeter, shot blocked again, still there for Exeter, blocked again, and this time Pompey will just get it away. Poppy immediately send the ball forward. Bishop the target. Bishop trying to get a flick on Devlin. Might get there. Devlin nods it down. It might fall for Lane. Great challenge. Is there a foul? No. And Exeter will clear it away. Exeter now coming forward. Cox in the middle. Chance off the post. And still not away. Still there. Blocked by Exeter. And now it will be cleared by Robertson. Lane battling Ainson, not going to win that header. It comes off Ainson, and Bishop's going to get there in the area. And Bishop looks square for Lane. There's a chance for Paddy Lane. Save and cleared away. Lane drives back into the area. Good from Lane. Cross in. It's loose in the box, and Exeter clearing away. Yeah, it doesn't fall your way, unfortunately. Kamara's outside the penalty area. Looks for Sadie. Sadie looks for a pass. It's a nice one across the face of goal, and Hartman puts it behind his own goal for a corner. Yeah, good counter-attack. Sadie's trying to break forward. Sadie pass one challenge over, runs it. Kamara's trying to get in the box. Is Kamara foul? No, says the referee. No, he didn't have a clue. Aitchison's got a few up with him, and they'll look to try and get in behind, and the flag stays down, and it's a chance for Niskanen, and it's saved by Norris. It's loose in the box, and Porter will clear it away. And Exeter might think about breaking forward, and Carroll... Lays it back, Aitchison's 25 yards out, will he fancy a shot? Looking to get it back onto his right foot, still going, shot to come in from distance and it's going to go wide of the post. Yangi's going to receive it, down by the dead ball line outside the penalty area, keeps it in play, drives into the area, that's great from Yangi, still going Yangi, can he keep possession? No, lane for Sadie, Sadie back to goal, tried a shot, block, still there, cleared away by Exeter. Top of the league, having a laugh, it's being sung. Frustration for Portsmouth. They've been held, and it is not a happy Christmas for Pompey. 
They'll end it with 50 points, top of the table, but they are on their longest winless run of the league season. It's two more points dropped against a side struggling near the bottom of the table. Exeter nil, Portsmouth nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Those there, the highlights of Pompey's 0-0 draw away at Exeter City on Friday night. The final match for the Blues for 2023. Elsewhere in League One, Wigan Athletic 2-0 winners at home to Carlisle United. Bristol Rovers 2-1 victors home to Charlton Athletic for the second game running. As Pompey fans will be well aware, Bristol Rovers winning at home in the 94th minute. Burton Albion 1, Shrewsbury 0, Cheltenham 2, Reading 2, Fleetwood 0, Bolton Wanderers 2, Leighton Orient 0, Wickham 0, Lincoln City 1, Northampton Town 2. Great comeback at the Cassam Stadium, Oxford United led by two goals to 0, losing in the end to Derby County, winning 3-2. Peterborough 2, Barnsley 2 and Port Vale 3, Blackpool 0. So, at the end of 2023, despite no wins in three league matches for John Messinio's side, they do remain top of Skybet League 1. 50 points on the board after 24 games, two points clear ahead of second place Bolton Wanderers. However, the Trotters do have a game in hand on Pompey. In the playoff places, Peterborough United, Derby County, Stevenage and Oxford United take up the top six. A note that Stevenage's game against Cambridge United on Friday evening postponed... Uh, 20 or 25 minutes after the game was meant to kick off due to floodlight failure at the Lamex Stadium. Stevenage have played 24 matches but should have played on Friday evening. They go into the New Year's Day game with Pompey having not run out in the league since Boxing Day. Down at the bottom, Carlisle United are right at the foot of the table with 17 points. Joined alongside Fleetwood, Cheltenham and Reading in the drop zone. What well, a thrill to be able to say this evening on this New Year's Eve special of the Football Hour. Delighted to say alongside us for the show. First of all, Mr. Mark Coates. Mark, a very good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Jake. Good evening. Your thoughts on that game against Exeter on Friday night, then? I can't imagine we're going to be talking in depth too much about the details of it because, quite frankly, there wasn't really a lot to talk about, was there? Well, I felt sorry for you going along and for all the fans that did go along, to be honest. And when I saw that there were highlights on Sky, I thought, crumbs, they've done well, haven't they? <laughs> um, that must be the shortest reel that they've ever put together. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, Colby Bishop missing uh, a header in the first half was probably the one and only golden opportunity Pompey had in the game to try and get the victory over the line, as well as potential pen- a penalty shout in the second half as well. Sam Macy alongside us tonight as well. Sam, good evening. You're at the game at Exeter on Friday night. I'm, I'm sure you can join myself and many Pompey fans who made the journey there and back on the day. It was a horrible one, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the best, was it? I think um, sort of that the drive home after the the ninety minutes we were sort of treated to wasn't 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 the best I've done. Um, but yeah, it, it it was it was a very drab affair. I think it, there, there was no real bright sparks, and I think a few eyebrows possibly raised at the team selection prior to kick off. Um, without Abu Kamara, he's probably been one of the brightest sparks over the last few weeks. Um, but I understand the rotation, but I think I think Moose possibly got it wrong. Yeah, and. If anyone from Highways England is listening, can you please build a motorway at somewhere between sort of Dorset and Devon? Because those windy roads are horrible. <laughs> that journey can be yeah. done so much quicker and nicer with just a motorway. It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a long old drive, isn't it? It's, it's horrible. 
<laughs> they don't believe in motorways in most countries. It just baffles me. Um, you mentioned there, Sam, about um, Pompey on, on Friday night and the rotation for John Massinho dropping Abu Kamara out of the team. Gavin White retaining his starting position. Of course, he started the game against Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day. Paddy Lane did come back into the team. Terry Devlin filling the gap at that number 10 role in behind Colby Bishop. Alex Robertson dropping alongside Marlon Pack. Joe Morrell going on to the bench. So it was two changes with Morrell and Abu Kamara out of the team and uh, Terry Devlin and Paddy Lane in. You mentioned rotation, Sam, and John Massinio highlights this in his post-match interview, which we are going to hear in a moment. But as a Pompey fan, would you rather see this rotation, which, quite frankly, perhaps hasn't paid off over the last three matches, or would you prefer to see the strongest lineup put out as possible, even if it means potential burnout for the so-called strongest eleven? if it means you're probably going to get those results? Well, I think at this point, if you if you play your strongest team in the league and then rotate for cup competitions, that's that's sort of the blueprint for most teams up and down the EFL. Um, obviously, we don't have that luxury anymore to play sort of fringe players as we're out of all the cup competitions, but I think... Once you get through this festive period, and you sort of say to the boys, "Look, we've got we've got X amount of games and X amount of days, and then after that, we're not really going to be playing Saturday, Tuesday. We don't. We've played probably the most amount of games in the league, or, or one of the most. And I think if you look at it, sort of at this point, play your strongest team. You want to get those points on the board, and and sort of after Stevens on New Year's Day, you go back to playing weekly. You've got a little. You've obviously got Cheltenham after Stevens, and then then you've got a full week of training before the Leighton Orient game. Mm-hmm. So. I think I think you've just sort of got got to ride it out with your best players and, and sort of say to them, look, it's, it's it's a long season and you sort of knew that from the start and that's why you do a pre-season and get get match fit. Um, I think I'm a big believer in play your best players and and sort of make sure that you go into win games. I just, I just think we're crying out for a, an out and out number ten in January and I think Terry Devlin was a little bit anonymous in that position. I, I say I think Gavin White still really hasn't got up to speed, so it sort of felt like the first 45 minute minutes was a sort of bit of a wasted chance. I think. X tour there to be got at. We we completely wasted the all, all momentum of the game, which we would have, would, would have had going into it. Mm. Pompey remained top of the division then, Mark, on 50 points after 24 games, 14 matches, one, eight drawn, two defeats. It's a very good record for John Massinho's side to be into this position at this stage of the campaign. However, Mark, it is the third time Pompey have been in this position around the Christmas New Year period and the previous two attempts, as we full well know, have not ended in promotion. Is there a part of you as a Pompey fan that is maybe not wanting to, but somewhat believing that that Christmas curse or the winter curse is back for Pompey. Yeah, it's a hat-trick we don't want, isn't it? Um, I did look, though, at 2016, which is, of course, the season that we went up from League Two. And at this time in, in 2016, we were actually fifth in the table. So... That brought me up a little bit, but yeah, I'm 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 right in the middle. I'm like a lot of Pompey fans. I'm feeling a little bipolar about the whole thing. One part of you's thinking, "Look, we're top. It will be fine." When we last got promoted, we were fifth at this time of year, um, and then the other bit's thinking, "Hang on, we've been here before, haven't we?" Uh, and it's it's just feeling a bit too Pompey. But do you know what? Massinho's a new manager. I think we'll go with what they always say in sport, which is you win or you learn. And I think he's on that learning curve, uh, and he'll put things right. It's just taken a little longer than it has the rest of this season. You know, this is this is three games. I think a lot of us looked at this packed winter schedule and we thought if we come out of that all right, we we really are in in that final straight. Um, but we've um, we've had some hiccups. We've, we've we've not made it over a few hurdles. But opportunity to put it right against a much better team in Stevenage. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about them later. Uh, they've been a real surprise package this season. Mm-hmm. 
Mark, thank you very much. Uh, Holdfire and Sam as well. We'll be back with you guys in just a few moments' time. Let's get some post-match reaction from the game on Friday night then. John Massinho has been speaking to Andy Moon. What's your assessment of what you saw this evening, John? I'm obviously frustrated. I thought we, we wasted the first 45 minutes. Having said that, we started okay, so we started well for 15 minutes, but then I just thought we lost control of the game and we didn't do um, particularly well in terms of anything that we'd done for the first 15 or, or for um, for the rest of the season for that matter and and that was the frustration because you can't afford to waste the half and and hope that something happens in the second half so I thought we uh, we played pretty well in the second half we were the team in the ascendancy we had um, you know a few chances um, on another day that we, we put in the back of the net but uh, you know I wasn't particularly you know I wasn't worried about the second half performance that was fine it was just more uh, the fact that if you do sort of waste 45 minutes uh, against any side then uh, yeah you leave yourself open to, to coming and drawing games or potentially losing them so I think that was the, the way that I saw the game. Is it a pretty frustrated dressing room in there? Yeah yeah definitely I think you know obviously not just this this game in isolation I think if we if we if we'd have beaten uh, Fleetwood and um, and got the result that we needed to get against Bristol Rovers or the result we deserved against Bristol Rovers then you maybe think okay we've just had a slight off night and you take the point and, and move on so I think the frustration builds because of the fact that we uh, you know we haven't won our last two league games as well so yeah, naturally it's, it's going to uh, we have to obviously you know, take a look at the bigger picture as well but try and address some of the um, some of the issues that we, we had tonight but I think yeah the, the two of those on balance we're always going to do every time we uh, every time we do that look at getting to 50 points at this stage of the season is uh, is a really good achievement we'd have liked it to be a lot more um, but yeah we, we've still got plenty to improve upon. Do you worry when you look at the sort of three games together? Uh, no, not not particularly. I, I'm not um, you know I'm not over the moon about the fact that we've we've taken two points from those three games, uh, and I think the the issues that we've got we can we can definitely address them. It's one of those that's been it's been difficult to to properly do on the training ground because of the fact we haven't had much time. But that's one thing we've got to deal with, and we've got to deal with a lot better. Uh, we will have that time in January and, and February to a certain extent, but in the meantime, you know we only have a couple of days now until the the Stevenage game, so we have to do whatever we can to, to try and turn that round and put in a good performance on Monday. What was the thinking behind? those two changes tonight we just wanted to I think freshen up the the sides again this this tough tough period uh, with the um, with obviously the, the third game in, in quick succession um, particularly with the output that we have from from the wide men and, and from the ten and yeah we thought it was one where where Joe Morales has played so many games in, in quick succession this year and, and hasn't really had a break he's, he's gone away with Wales on the on, on international duty he hasn't had too much of a break so I wanted to make sure that we we protected him and um, put Robbo obviously back as a six and and put Terry a bit higher as a as a runner where we thought he'd be effective as a ten and, and the same with Abs just to just try and um, protect him a bit such a young lad playing that amount of games and um, we wanted to make sure he's fresh. You've been linked with George Edmondson from Ipswich. Is there any truth in, in that story? No, I think um, what we what we're going to do until obviously players are either free agents or um, or you know they're in the building and there's not really comment on any any player that's uh, playing for another side. I think um, particularly in Ipswich case, I learned it the hard way. I probably shouldn't have commented on um, the issue around Kamara in pre-season, which I think was was fair enough. So yeah, until I think we've done anything, we'll, we'll um, we won't comment on that. The post-match thoughts there of John Massinho at St James's Park on Friday night after Pompey's 0-0 draw with Exeter City, the final game of 2023. Uh, Sam, in the second half, there was a potential penalty shout for Pompey. Abu Kamara brought down in the box. It looked like a bit of a shove from behind. Um, right in front of the away end, maybe try and take your blue tinted glasses off when I ask this question, but was that for you a, a clear penalty for Pompey? Should, should the Blues have had a spot kick? I say it's the old cliche, but I think I've I've seen him given. It was sort of as sort of he was rushing into the into the box. He he sort of looked like he was going to make it, and then 
I, I say I don't know if he sort of thought he felt a bit of contact and went down slightly easily. I think if that's for Pompey, obviously I'm going to say that it's a penalty all day long. But if it's in in the other in, if it's in the other box and and it's sort of Sean Raggett making that challenge, then it's never a penalty. But I think I think it's, it's a, you've seen him given and yeah. sort of nothing really went right for us. And I think that just sort of capped it off. We we didn't really get the rub the green. Um, I think I think the referee had a fairly poor game as it was anyway. Not to make excuses for the boys, but I say it was. I think I think it's sort of one of those which could go your way, and if, if things are going well, then we probably get that decision. Mm. Well, it's not too long after that potential shout for from those away fans, Sam, that um, a foul was given against Paddy Lane for a similar sort of tackle, and um, I believe it was Jack Sparks yellow carded up the other end of the pitch five or ten minutes later for a, a similar sort of shove. It's one of those where, like you say, you see them given in, 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 by some referees, and maybe at one end of the pitch it's a foul, and one end it's not. It, it, it's not, but um, yeah, that, that remains to be seen. Nonetheless, Mark, <laughs> regardless of that um, penalty shout that Pompey had, it was not a good performance. It was too flat from John Massinho's side. It has been really over the last three matches. How does John Massinho, as a manager as a relatively new one of that as well try to dig his side out of this little rut that they found themselves in let's be honest one defeat in the last three league matches it's not the end of the world but of course winless in those three as well how was the manager you try and get your team out of this uh, well I'm going to look outside of this, this squad to be honest and first thing is we need to get Fratton Park bouncing again, and that's absolutely um, vital on on Monday. Uh, how do you you need to get an early goal? They need to get something, do something inspirational, and really press hard. I remember uh, Zesh talking about moving the ball a little bit quicker in the final third. I remember Moose talking about uh, trying to be more clinical in that final third, but the chances just weren't created. And Sparks hasn't. Um, I, I remember just a second ago that um, Sam was talking about. Not having Kamara there, he's created plenty of chances. We've got White there, he's not up to speed at the moment. We've got Sully to come in, but Sparks wasn't creating the chances he normally does uh, in that last game against Exeter. And that was that was a real worry. We're not creating the chances, let alone getting on the end of them. Um, Bishop, of course, we've got to be um, mindful of the fact he has just come back from uh, a little injury. And, and normally he's on a nice run of form, but he still has scored double figures in, in the league. But like I said, looking outside that squad, let's make sure the fans are on side with a really big first-half performance on Monday. And then beyond that, Jay, he's got to put his head together with Richard Hughes, hasn't he? We've got to have a couple of, of inspiring transfers. Yeah, absolutely. The January transfer window, of course, opens in just under 24 hours' time. 2024 Blues fans is just around the corner. And if, like Mark there has alluded to, you would like to see faces through the door in the January transfer window to try and bolster John Massinho's squad, get in touch with the show. Let us know your thoughts, what position you would like to see strengthen the most. With Cassini Yengi off to the Asia Cup now, could there be potential for a new striker to come in? George Edmondson, the centre-back from Ipswich Town, has been linked with the move to Pompey. Andy Moon asked him in that post-match interview a few moments ago if that was true. John Massini, the professional that he is, um, shut down anything and, and denied to comment on that as George Edmondson is, of course, still contracted to Ipswich Town. But Pompey fans back home, get in touch. 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm over on Twitter or find us over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 
Pompey Live. We're going to return with both Mark and Sam in the third and final part of this evening's show. But in part two, we're going to hear from Carl Padden from Tonic Music for Mental Health, talking about what Never Mind the Stigma is and how Portsmouth Football Club are helping to launch it at tomorrow's New Year's Day fixture against Stevenage at Fratton Park. It's peer-led support groups. You know, so there's going to be a di- couple of different types of support groups. So you'll have the peer-to-peer support group, which would be for the men who who are obviously struggling with their mental health, suffering with suicide ideation. You know, so we're, we're, we want to create a safe space, a safe environment. Hear that conversation in full between myself and Carl when the Football Hour returns for part two in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour. On Express FM. Yes, welcome back to part two of this evening's edition of the Footblower here on 93.7 Express FM, supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Okay, in part one, we've got over the events of Pompey's goalless draw with Exeter City on Friday night. And later in the show, we're going to come on to preview New Year's Day and the fixture against Stevenage at Fratton Park. We'll bring both Mark and Sam back into the conversation. Later on, we're also going to hear from CEO Andy Cullen talking about his expectations for 2024. But first, we speak to Carl Padden from Tonic Music for Mental Health, whose Never Mind the Stigma programme starts in January, launching at PO4 with Portsmouth Football Club dedicating tomorrow's fixture against Stevenage to raise awareness for mental health in football. I've been speaking to Carl about what this new programme is all about. The Never Mind the Stigma, it's being launched on New Year's Day and it's being launched with the help of, of Portsmouth Football Club um, at the home game against Steve Nietzsche. And tonic tonic music for mental health. Um, it's been going now for what best part of ten years, I believe. It was started off in in Portsmouth by our co-founder Steph Langen, and and it was born out of few of her close friends. Meals um, ended their own life, uh, so that was that was how the charity itself was, was created. And it was essential, and and also it was a, there was obviously the name the name speaks for itself, tonic music for mental health, and it was essentially you know a charity helping people to recover from from their mental illness, mental health issues through music, through creative arts, and for many many years they've done stuff, music workshops, musical writing workshops, choirs, ska choir, and all that kind of stuff. But never mind the stigma is a little bit different to that in terms of it's a community programme and it will be starting off in Portsmouth and we won't be having any music workshops or anything like that. It's peer-led support groups, you know, so there's going to be a couple of different types of support groups. So you'll have the peer-to-peer support group, which would be for the men who who are obviously um, struggling with their mental health, suffering with suicide ideation. And then... You know, so we're, we're, we want to create a safe space, a safe environment, you know, a, a, an environment where they ultimately, yeah, as I says, feel safe. They're not, no judgment. 
you know, and provide that kind of safe environment where they will be able to express themselves in a, in a way that that they feel comfortable, but also trying trying to get these guys to to formulate um, meaningful connections with like minded people. Because as I said to you at the beginning, it's really important for us to reach the hard to reach male. Do you know what I mean? And, and if we can create an environment where these guys can have an understanding that they're not alone and try and inspire a little bit of hope in them. And then, you know, and, and then from that, they will, providing they, they show an interest of showing up regularly, we will we will have another support group alongside that, which will be facilitated with myself and, and also a qualified therapist. So then we can teach them better coping mechanisms, you know, because what we have found is, yeah, you know, talking groups are, are, are great. But I, I actually remember being out for a meal with somebody and, and they were like, so what happens after the talking? You know, because we're being told it's it's okay not to be okay. We're being told please speak up and, and and all that kind of stuff. But actually, what happens after that? You know, so we want to teach these guys the sort of life essential skills of action plans of of if you are in that position where where you are feeling suicidal and um, being able to create action plans for yourself in order to keep yourself safe and 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 all that kind of stuff. You know. And then alongside that as well, you know, we, we want to support the people who've been affected by suicide themselves because I believe the stats are something like something like 65% of the people who have been affected by suicide actually go on and start having suicidal thoughts themselves. And to get to quote more stats is like one one suicide, Jake, one single suicide affects 135 people in the community. If you look at it, 135 people, it affects, then 65% of that 135 people end up having suicidal thoughts themselves. You know, so we kind of want to, we kind of want to create a sort of a ripple effect that matches that in terms of training people, you know, with the essential skills that they need, you know, and not just that, but also train them up on mental health first aid and suicide first aid. And these are accredited courses, and and, and they become kind of we our vision is 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 for these people to then become beacons of the community, you know, because as I quoted that statistics that that, that I quoted you, it's quite alarming, you know. What can we do as a charity, and and what can never mind the stigma do to change those stats because they are alarming, and 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 there's a lot more we can do within the community, and and also we are also offering free training to local independent businesses, you know, in terms of um, the suicide first aid as well, you know, and we've had quite great interest in that because we we want the, like, people who are going into the bar to get their hair cut, people who are going into the news agents, you know, getting tattoos done, whatever, going in for a pint or, or stuff like that. We want the people in the local community to be able to identify and recognise and have the right types of conversation and having the right level of empathy and, 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 and all that kind of stuff, you know, because I've I've done it, I've witnessed it, speaking to one of my friends, no, the, absolutely no indication, because I, I wasn't aware of the signs and all that kind of stuff to spot. And two weeks later, he's no longer here. Do you know what I mean? And this is this is the kind of thing that yeah. we're we're up against as as a community, you know, in Portsmouth. When as as a community aspect to itself, when our when our backs against the wall in Portsmouth, I'm obviously as you can hear by my accent, I'm not 
I'm not Pompey born and bred, you know what I mean? But I've lived here for 20 years and, and, and I do classify as Pompey as my home. And I have enough knowledge that when one of us are down, Pompey has a habit of wrapping around that person who's struggling. So we want to use that community ethos. We want to use that community sort of resilience to say, actually, do you know what? There's a lot more we can do as a community. Yeah, and you mentioned there that the programme itself is being launched at Fratton Park for the New Year's Day game against Stevenage. How important is it to have Portsmouth Football Club on board to support this and what are they doing to help? It's massive. It's massive for us as a charity because it, irrespective of the great work that we have done in the community, there's still a hell of a lot of people within Portsmouth that don't know who we are and don't know what we do. And I think, you know, just the scope that we are able to, of the people that we are able to reach out to, yeah, we're going to have stuff in the programme. We're going to have our stall in the concourse in the Fratton End. We're going to have posters of our support groups in the, in every toilet, you know. So if there is anybody that, you know, is interested in attending, there, there will be a QR code on the poster and they can just scan it and that will take you to the website and then you just send us an email and then I will be in contact with you around attending the, the support group. And I think it's really important for us as well to reach because I think, you know, the f- typical football fan isn't one that will naturally talk about their feelings and talking about their struggles and all that kind of stuff. And I know when I used to attend Pompey Games regularly, that 90 minutes or 120 minutes as it is now, we've added so we've added a long time. But that that 90 minutes on a Saturday or a Tuesday was the only release that I had from life or from the chaos that, that was going on. Do you know what I mean? And nothing else mattered because I was there with people that I could identify with. We were there, we were singing our hearts out, and, I, and, I, and, I, and there was a, it was a great distraction. We want to be able to, to sort of make people aware that, yes, you can still go to the football and it can still be that distraction, but actually, you know, there's more that we can do for you. And to have the club on board with this is massive for us. And I'm really grateful for the likes of Lena Small, you know, who has worked tirelessly to, to get this together, you know. And um, I think I was only in the job two days before I got on the club's case about, about getting this done, you know. And and I think, you know, as I say, as a typical male football fan, for me, is, is one of the hard-to-reach male you know, because they, they go to football, they're surrounded by their mates and, and all that kind of stuff. But they are the type of people who kind of who have got their, from the outside world, have got their life together and, and all that kind of stuff. And I've never had access to, to mental health services or, or anything like that. And, and, and so therefore not equipped to have a conversation. So yeah. this is ultimately for us as a publicity event. Here we are. This is what we're going to offer. This is what we offer. Come on board and we'll, and we'll help change your life. At this time of year, the Christmas New Year period for many is a, a time of happiness. It's a time for joy. But unfortunately, as we all know, that's not the case for all, is it? What kind of message would you have for someone who might be listening to this conversation, who may be struggling with their mental health and may themselves be in two minds about wanting to seek that help and advice? What have you got to lose? If you're in the position and, and you've got that thought, that you're struggling with your mental health and, you, and you're struggling to find somebody to speak to, or even if you're just, if you're questioning where you're at right now, what have you got to lose? Because I know for me personally, you know, I, I shared with you just before this interview, Jake, about my issues with addiction and all that kind of stuff. My life only begun to get better when I plucked up the courage and asked for help. And that is what we need. You know, anybody struggling with their mental health, 
that's what we need is a, is a bit of courage. And 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 as I says, what have you got to lose? You know, and I and I'll share, you know, with yourself, Jake. I'll share our, our posters and all that kind of stuff. And people just need to scan the QR code. If you've got, if you, if, if there is people listening to this interview and and they want to know more, they they want to know more. You just go onto our website, you know, www.tonicmusic.co.uk, and there'll be a couple of banners at the top, and you'll just go to Never Mind the Stigma. And it'll take you to a section on MATE. You know, the support groups will be called MATE, which is a, an acronym for Men Ain't Talking Enough. You know, and you'll just send an email and I send an email and it'll be me that'll pick it up. And then I'll reach out to you and we'll, we'll get you signed up to the support groups. Carl, I really appreciate your time here today. Appreciate you opening up and also uh, opening us up to what Never Mind the Stigma is going to be all about. Thank you very much for talking to us. And I hope that more people will reach out and talk as a result of this. Yeah, me too, man. And thank you for giving me the platform to talk more about what, what we're trying to do in the community. Because th- this type of stuff, you know, we do need everybody to come together to get off the ground because, you know, we are accountable to, to each and every one of us, you know. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it, Jake. Carl Padden there from Tonic Music for Mental Health, speaking about what they do as a charity and the new Never Mind the Stigma programme launching at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. Do keep an eye out for all of their posters and the stall that they'll have set up at PO4 on New Year's Day. Right, now we're going to hear from Chief Executive of Portsmouth Football Club, Andy Cullen. He's been speaking to Max Swatton about his expectations and hopes for 2024. Well, ultimately, it's got to be promotion. Um, you know, we've got to do our best. We're in a really good position, whether it be automatic or via the playoffs. Uh, I think we're absolutely thrilled uh, with the way the season has started, but there's much to do. Uh, you know, we had... Bump, we're going to get more bumps on the road. We had a bump against Blackpool. There'll be more bumps and setbacks to come. But you know, one of the most amazing things, and it will stay with me for a long, long time, I've been lucky enough to be in this game now for 26 years, um, was the response at Blackpool from going 4-0 down, the way the fans showed togetherness, the way that resonated with players, not just on the pitch, but afterwards as well, in the way everyone came together to make something really special and give them the belief to go on and then go and win the next four games uh, was absolutely impressive. And Bolton too, a massive you know, game on the top of the table. Uh, if we'd have drawn or lost, lost it, it wasn't necessarily disastrous, disastrous but to win it was massive. Uh, and the noise and the passion uh, that came out in that particular game was really something, something special. And if we can have that spirit of togetherness, you know, we, we, we've got it throughout the club at the moment, we've got it amongst the players, we've got it amongst the staff, uh, we've got a, a real focus, we've got a real plan of where we're going, which I hope people now can see is being delivered and understand it. But the supporters are a massive part of that. And to you know, thank you, because we're at a stage where so we're selling out Fratton Park, we've got 15,000 uh, season ticket holders, we've got a waiting list, you know, it's, it's just phenomenal for a football club in League One to be in this position. Uh, and I think we're all hugely grateful uh, for, for, for supporters putting us in that, in that position uh, and, and buying into what we're doing. Um, and the onus is, is on us to deliver. Andy Cullen there looking ahead to the new year. Right, we'll be back with even more here on the Footblower in just a few moments' time. We'll get Sam and Mark back into the conversation as we preview tomorrow's visit of Stevenage to Fratton Park. This is the Football Hour. On Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket. 
taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back for the final time this evening and for the final time in 2023 to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. Download their app now to prepay for your ticket and to download the latest timetable information too. So far this evening, we've reviewed Friday night's 0-0 draw between Pompey and Exeter at St James's Park. We've heard from Carl Padden before the break, as well as Andy Cullen too. But now we come on to look ahead to Pompey's New Year's Day fixture at home to Stevenage. Here's a closer look at the Borough. A goalless draw on the road at St James's Park means the Blues go into the new year with 50 points and a two-point cushion at the top of League One. Pompey Live, this week's opposition... After a run of three league games that came around in quick succession, only two points were accumulated out of a possible nine. John Massinio's side now head back to Fratton Park to take on newly promoted side Stevenage, who the Pompey boss used to play for. Manager Scottish manager Steve Evans is at the helm for the Borough. The 61-year-old played professional football for the likes of Bolton Wanderers, Clyde, Hamilton Academical and St Johnston until a knee ligament injury ended his playing career at the age of 24. After his retirement, he became a manager and has since represented Stamford, Boston United, Crawley Town, Rotherham United, Leeds United, Mansfield Town, Peterborough United, Gillingham and now Stevenage from the dugout. Evans has achieved success with Crawley, getting them promoted to League Two, as well as leading Rotherham United to two successive promotions from League Two to the Championship. He was appointed manager of Stevenage in March 2022 when they were playing in League Two and was able to guarantee the club's survival from the drop with three matches remaining after collecting 10 points across his first six games. Steve Evans secured the club's return to the third division with a 2-0 win over Grimsby Town on the 29th of April. One to watch. The Thompson trio are undoubtedly players to look out for in this one. Brothers Nathan and Louis signed for the Borough back in the summer alongside midfielder Ben Thompson who has no relation. All three of these players once plied their trade for Portsmouth and Blues fans will know exactly what these guys are capable of. In Stevenage's Boxing Day clash with Northampton Town, defender Nathan was an unused sub while midfielder Louis started and was replaced in the 92nd minute by Ben, who plays in the same position at the heart of the midfield. Top scorer. Jamie Reid is the top goalscorer for the Borough so far this campaign. Reid graduated from Exeter City's youth team and made his senior debut in a 3-1 defeat to Oxford United in December 2012. He had loan spells at Dorchester Town, Truro City and Torquay United and after spending 10 years at Exeter, he signed an 18-month contract with Torquay where he scored 32 goals in the 2018-19 season. Reid received the club's Player of the Year award and the Golden Boot along with the National League's Player of the Year accolade too. After a two-year spell at Mansfield Town, he signed for fellow League Two side Stevenage in July 2021. Reid has scored 14 league goals and three FA Cup goals this season and wears the number 14 shirt. Current form. After being promoted to League One last season, Steve Evans' side currently occupies fifth position, accumulating 43 points out of a possible 72 so far this campaign. The last time these two teams met was back in August at the Lamech Stadium. The game ended in a goalless draw, with red cards being shown to both Joe Rafferty and Jake Forster-Kasky following a challenge which sparked an altercation on the ground. Borough's last five games have provided them with two victories, two draws and one defeat. Their most recent game was a 3-0 win over Northampton on Boxing Day. 
Their most recent match was supposed to have taken place on Friday night against Cambridge United. However, that was postponed after a power failure at Balamic Stadium left the ground in complete darkness. The game never got going. Sakamba Blues start 2024 with three points under their belt and get back to winning ways after three league matches without victory. All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. More there then on Stevenage, Pompey's opponents, tomorrow afternoon at Fratton Park. Three o'clock kickoff at PO4. The first game for John senior side in 2024. Looking to start the new calendar year a lot better than the Blues did last year in 2023. Of course, a 2-0 defeat to Charlton Athletic for the opening game there. And a 0-0 draw away at Exeter on Friday night to end the calendar year. Pompey will be looking to start a bit stronger tomorrow afternoon against Stevenage. Sam Macy and Mark Coates alongside us up until 7 o'clock this evening. And Sam, we just heard there a bit more about Stevenage. As a side who are up there in the table, Stevenage fifth in League One as things stand. They've been competing around about the playoffs since the start of the campaign. They've had a very good um, opening half of the season, having only just been promoted from League Two. Could this for Pompey be maybe sort of work in their favour playing against a more open and expansive side as opposed to Bristol Rovers, uh, Fleetwood and Exeter where they are sort of struggling at the wrong end of the table or mid-table and sort of sitting back a bit deeper and having more men behind the ball. Do you think Stevenage will be a bit more open and allow Pompey to play? Yeah, I think that um, we, we sort of have to be a bit more open and expansive in this game. I think they've sort of got uh, a very solid defence aerially. I think Steve Evans has built a team which is very, very hard to beat. I think Piagiani at the back, anything which sort of goes in the air, he's going to give Bishop a really tough game and, and, and anything which sort of goes up there, he's going to head it back. Then we've got a lot of pace on the counter-attack with Jamie Reid. Um, I've, I've watched him a few times when, when he was when he was sort of in the lower leagues at Torquay. One of my, one of my friends is a big Torquay fan and he, he sort of raves about him and he sort of didn't make the step up initially to League Two, but this season he's called, sort of lit fire a little bit and they're a very, very good side and I think you can see, we, we know some of the players very well which they've got in that side, sort of the Thompson brothers and and um and Ben and Ben Thompson as well. So, yeah, it's 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 a very it's a very good side, and I think we're gonna have to be our best to beat them because I think they will come out, and I think Steve Evans will attack us and sort of look at the last three results and think we're there to be got at. So. We've got to be on it from minute one if we want to get anything from the game. And um, Stephen, you're not playing on Friday night either. Mark, their game against Cambridge United, as we highlighted earlier, was postponed shortly after kickoff was meant to have happened. Uh, floodlight failure at the Lamex Stadium. Do you think that means, Mark, they'll go into the game tomorrow afternoon against Pompey with uh, maybe a little bit more rest? Or do you think actually it might work in the other sort of vein where they've prepared for a game as much as they have against Cambridge, not been able to play it and they've you know sort of been equal is frustrated and tired because of that as well uh well i must say um <clears throat> that's never worked in pompey's favor i always try and look at these things and uh, and think if it will affect the outcome of the match it never does i'm sure you found the same <laughs> so i'm not going to pay too much heed to that but i think sam's absolutely right i think that jamie reed's going to be <clears throat> someone to keep an eye on and given that we seem to have more gaps at the back than we did previously when Regan Paul was there, uh, it's it's a concern that I've got. I mean, he scored it in the second minute in the last game they did play, which was against Northampton. And then the last opponents they faced, which we recently faced, was Fleetwood. They smashed them 3-0 and he scored in the eighth minute. I mean, he's... Um, he's dynamite and, uh, you know, again, like Sam was saying, he scored 1.4 goals per game at Torquay, I think, one season. It, it, you know, he's it, he's now run got a run of form. He's, um, he's scored more than Bishop, more than um, Dion Charles as well. Uh, and, and, yeah, he's, he's going to have to be handled. He's very clearly the danger man. 
And as a side, Sam, we mentioned Steve Nidge uh, recently promoted from League Two, doing very, very well, well in League One this season, maybe punching above their weight a little bit. But do you think for a side like that who aren't expected to go straight back up, um, certainly into the Championship, that that pressure that's not necessarily on them will will really benefit them come the end of the season? And in these games against the likes of Pompey and Bolton Wanderers, where you know they're probably expected to lose on paper, but they're more than likely to get a result because they are a very, very good team. 12 wins in 24 matches at the halfway mark is a is a very very good benchmark and Steve Evans is not a manager who is very easy to play against we know that from from plenty of experiences against him the likes of Peterborough and Gillingham and Stevenage too of course yeah I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a free hit for them isn't it I think they had their sort of first first goal this year would have been to stay in the division I think they could probably not win another game for the rest of the season and stay up so I think any from anything from this point is is a bonus for them and sort of they're, they're, they've been very solid and they've won a lot of games. Um, they're a very tough unit to break down. They 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 don't lose many games. And I think they they sort of keep they don't they don't concede many either, which, which is sort of something. Yeah, we've got to be our best to break them down. I think they are there to be got at, and I think it sure sort of shows you the momentum you can have as a side coming up if you sort of ride that wave and sort of finish like finish the season strong and then start the next season strong. Anything can sort of happen. It's sort of a blue, it's a blueprint for a lot of sort of League Two teams sort of get some established League One players and then you can sort of make waves in this league and I say I think it's going to be a tough game for them and I think they'll learn a lot about themselves Stevenage after the, the next couple of games we've got some big games coming up but just hope that we sort of can, can kick, into, kick into gear and sort of make sure that they um make sure that they leave Fran Park with no points mm. Stevenage as Sam mentions there the third best defence in League One this season 23 goals conceded Derby County conceded 20 they are the second best defence Pompey the best defence in the league having conceded just 19 goals the Blues however scored 39 whereas the teams in second third and fourth respectively have all scored over 40 Stevenage the only side other than Pompey in the top six who have not yet uh, surpassed the 40 goal mark this season um, on to the January transfer window then uh, Mark of course that is now or will be open in uh, well, around about what six seven hours time um, of course we don't ex- expect or anticipate any deals to happen uh, imminently particularly before the Stevenage game of course but Cassini Yenge is off to the Asia Cup with Australia their first group game takes place in the first week of January and the final of the Asia Cup on February the 10th Australia will fancy their chances one of the favourites for the tournament so Pompey could potentially be without Cassini Yenge until mid-February does this mark in your opinion sound alarm bells for Pompey to go out and sign another striker in January well, there's no one else with um, the quality of, of Yangi or Bishop sitting uh, in the wings. Well, that said, I mean, again, you, you alluded to the fact earlier Mourinho is the ultimate professional. And so obviously he's he's back Sadie as someone who can play in that position. But he, for me, he plays further back. And that's how he's played, you know, when he's when he's come on almost in a number 10 role, which uh, Sam alluded to earlier. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we absolutely do. Just to have been in this position twice before, again, as we talked about earlier, and to and to be on the cusp of what could be um, a, an automatic promotion challenge in just four months' time, I don't think we can blow it. We've got to put our faith in Hughes. We've got to put our faith in the Eisners. They've got to see that this is a springboard uh, to the championship, and, and and we can't fluff our we can't fluff our lines now. We've we've got to invest. We've got to have another striker and probably another couple of players as well. Yeah, and is this Sam as Pompey fan as Marcus? 
is sort of highlighted there to be top of the table heading into the January transfer window. We have been here before. We've had January transfer windows under previous administration that have gone uh, particularly uh, not too great for Pompey, shall we just say. They've, they've not been the kindest of months for Portsmouth. And uh, is this the kind of year where you just want to be a little bit selfish and go, do you know what? put the money on the table for whoever wants it for any player that will get us out of this division this is the golden opportunity to get out of League One open those wallets up and just make this the strongest team that you possibly can between now and the end of the season because take nothing away from John Massino's side so far they've done fantastically well to get to this stage of the campaign but Bolton, Peterborough, Derby, Stevenage, Oxford, Barnsley, Blackpool, all outside of the playoffs, of course, Barnsley and Blackpool will all be strengthening in January and Pompey cannot afford to fall behind Yeah, definitely, I think you know you're going to get injuries from now to the end of the season. I think if you get a, a deeper squad and add more quality to it and, and people are actually going to make a difference and not just sort of come on and, and, and be impact subs or make one or two appearances maximum in Pompey shirt. We've, sort of, we've seen it all up and down the years under under previous regimes, but I've got faith in, in Hughes and I think that he, he, he knows what he's going to be doing in, in, in this in this window. And I, th- I think a lot of deals will potentially already be in place. I think he would have been doing the sort of the, the recruitment for January as soon as that, that transfer window shut in early September. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got I've got faith. Like, the, the summer sort of showed that we, we sort of, it looks like we've turned a page in that respect. And and, and hopefully we, we've got, we, we've got some targets and identified some players from, from early this this year. Um, mm. Sort of the, the links with George Edmonton, that's, that's, that's perfect. That's sort of the, the Regan Paul replacement, which we need. Um, I think he'll slot in straight away and be, one of the best centre halves in this division. I think if you look at teams who, who, who traditionally go up, they do well in January, like last year. Sort of, um, Ipswich getting Nathan Broadhead, George Hurst, that just sort of complemented the players they already had in the round. And yeah. hopefully, if we if we do that this year, something similar. Um, We'll have no issues and we'll be playing championship football. Mm. Uh, Steve on the emails uh, with a score prediction 1 0 to Pompey tomorrow afternoon against Steve. It's a tough game, he says, um, but getting over the line with that. Uh, return to winning ways that Rachel over on Twitter is going for a 0 0 draw. Not too confident after the last three league matches without a win. And finally, over on Facebook, Paul is going for another 1-0 victory, tight 1-0 victory, says Paul over on Facebook. But I want to hear the score predictions of our two guests this evening, starting off with Sam Macy Pompey against Stevenage tomorrow afternoon, the first game of 2024. Will John Massino's side return to winning ways? I think a scrappy 1-0 win to sort of get back on get back on the momentum. Sam, thank you very much for that. Thank you for your contributions on this evening's show and thank you for 2023. Uh, I wish you a very, very happy new year and I hope we'll talk more in 2024. Thank you very much, Jacob. A good new year. You too, Mark. Uh, I'm sure I'll speak to you in 2024. Cheers, mate. Yeah, you too. Let's hope it's a win on uh, on Monday. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Mark, uh, thank you very much as well, of course, mate, for tonight and for your efforts throughout 2023 as well. Uh, your score prediction, please, for tomorrow's game. I thought you forgot me for a minute, Jake. No, and it was never. because I was going to be a little bit <laughs> pessimistic because I'm going for one-one. I do think we're gonna we're gonna kick on, but it's just going to be really, really tight. Mm. And and I do think it depends on the fans and and how Fratton Park reacts when you reach these stages and you've had a couple of poor results. I think it's all about the atmosphere. So so let's get behind them. Mm. I agree. Not too confident after the last three matches. My prediction is also a one-all draw. Happy to be proven wrong, but I think based upon the evidence of the last three games, not too confident this is going to be a win. But, of course, that can all change. Mark, thank you very much for your efforts tonight. Sam as well. But that is it for 2023. And what a year it has been. And with that, the 2023 season comes to an end. Good night. The year might have changed. 
will the fortune to change for Portsmouth. And Raktak is trying to get a shot on goal. He's left Raggett for Den. He's curled it into the corner. And it's Charlton who take the lead. Raggett trying to win it down. Loose in the box. Ogilvy, yes! There's the equaliser. Fraser, can he get the shot away? He can and he'll score. Payne lays it up. Chance to end it. Great save by Griffiths. And then it hits Dale and goes into the net. The boos ring out round Fratton Park. Portsmouth are going to lose. They're going to start 2023 with defeat. We're bitterly disappointed. Ultimately, it's my responsibility. As a bloke, he, he seems absolutely top rate. But it does sort of feel like the beginning of a breakup, doesn't it? Kind of where the pair of you kind of know it's not working, so it's best to walk away. I'm not sure I see a way back. Monday night saw Blues head coach Danny Cowley, as well as his brother and assistant Nicky, dismissed from their positions at Fratton Park following a string of poor results in the league and performances too. Into the box, 1-2, gets it back, chance for Kane, what a goal! Harry Kane lashes it past Griffith. Portsmouth FA Cup run has come to an end, but it's been a performance that the more than 8,500 Pompey fans can certainly be proud of Bolton trying to work it round the corner. They've worked it into the box. They've worked a chance and they've worked the third goal. Bolton three, Portsmouth nil. Came here today within the first 15 minutes with a really, really soft goal away. Absolutely thrilled to, to be here and you know everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club because it's been matched and more. It's, it's just it's absolutely fantastic. The people have been great. Pack will volley from distance. What a goal! Pompey break forward. Pack on the right. Where can he find a man? Morel! This time it is in! Joe Morel has his first Portsmouth goal. Portsmouth have finally won a League One match at Fratton Park. And Ogilvy cross to the far post, headed down, and Scarlett scored! And Poppy stealing at the end! Thompson's going to hit one from here, Louis Thompson. Oh, what a goal! Fantastic strike! Portsmouth for Cheltenham now. Corner comes in towards the near post, but Bishop picks it on! Into the net! Colby Bishop does get his goal! It's another set-piece goal! Portsmouth 3 bolt one surely that's enough for the win. Here we go then, 2023-24 League One season. Yengi steps up and scores the other way, rolls it to the goalkeeper's right. Low to the near post, helped on in the middle, and it's for the net! And this time Bishop won't miss! The volley's goal and it's in! It's Paddy Lane, it's the third goal in a row for Paddy Lane and the away crowd goes wild. Frustration for Portsmouth, they've been held and it is not a happy Christmas for Pompey. They'll end it with 50 points, top of the table, but they are on their longest winless run of the league season. Well, there we are then. Another calendar year comes and goes. 2023 has been and done. Time to wave goodbye to that and look ahead to 2024, where we hope to be a promotion year for Portsmouth Football Club. Can they get 2024 off to a winning start? We'll find out tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock when Pompey take on Stevenage at Fratton Park. Robbie James is away from this one, so I'll be hosting alongside Henry Deacon with Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler alongside us at PO4. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. It was a disappointing end to 2023 for Portsmouth. And it is not a happy Christmas for Pompey. They'll end it with 50 points top of the table, but they are on their longest winless run of the league season. 2024 begins with welcoming Stevenage to Fratton Park.
Join us for all of the unmissable action New Year's Day from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yes, that's right. Join myself, Henry Deacon and Jay Sadler tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock to find out if Pompey can kickstart 2024 with a win. Stevenage Arbor visitors to Fratton Park. It's a 3pm kickoff. We'll have all of the pre-match build-up, half-time analysis and post-game reaction as well with commentary in between from Andy Moon and Guy Whittigan. Well, it may be a Sunday, not a Friday, but Steve Randall still follows the Football Hour here. School Day's New Year's Eve party from 7 through until 10pm tonight. An unbeatable soundtrack for 80s and 90s teens that will bring back memories of the best years of your life, according to Steve Randall. That's on the way after the news at 7. And then Joyce's New Year's Eve house party. Dave Joyce will be here from 10 through to the early hours of New Year's Day. Selection of soul and house classics with the king of the Portsmouth dance floor, apparently. That is what Dave Joyce describes himself as. He will be seeing you through into the new year. And then tomorrow morning, Josh Bowness with the first show of 2024 here on Express FM, hosting your breakfast show in style between 8 and 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. He's live looking ahead to 2024 with great tunes and much, much more to come up until 11 when Victoria Abern and Lana Hall take you through from 11 through till 2, which is then, of course, when Pompey Live returns. The Football Hour will be back on Friday the 5th of January to preview Pompey's trip to Cheltenham. But until then, Blues fans, enjoy the rest of your evening. Happy New Year, and we'll see you tomorrow. Take care and good night.